sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the morning after here on Sports Grid TV. I'm Davis Maddock. No Ben Stevens with you here this morning after the NFL draft. Another NFL draft in which no one, uh, no one learned their lesson. Us, us sports betters, we didn't learn our lesson. We chased that Will Anderson at two steam. We chased the Will Levis at three, at four, at five steam. We believed all the insider reports. We believed that the Houston Texans liked Will Levis more than they liked CJ Stroud. And guess what? NFL teams didn't learn anything either because that same Houston Texans team traded up the pick equivalent of the first overall pick in order for the rights to secure Will Anderson. So they leave the draft with CJ Stroud and Will Anderson and the Detroit Lions. I mean, the Detroit Lions were they were they're the dog from Anchorman that eats the entire roll of cheese. I mean, I'm not even mad at the Detroit Lions. I'm just impressed that they could take a team so bright, so young, so full of talent and mess up the draft to uh, to that degree. So the, our top 10, uh, we did know that Bryce Young was going to go number one overall. He ends up being the absolute heavy favorite. Biggest surprise of the draft for sure. Uh, about an hour before the NFL draft began, we start to see the odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook shift heavily. Uh, you know, basically it was Will Anderson was a minus 300 favorite to go number two. Then we saw Stroud. I believed when it closed at uh, 7 p.m. local time for me, 8 p.m. Eastern time. I believe Stroud got all the way down to minus 5,000. Our graphic there, we got him at minus 6,000. I mean, really unbelievable stuff, I guess. Someone involved got closer to the to the actual league. I, I thought that was, um, I just thought it was unbelievable that basically for the last month, we had heard nothing other than the fact that they didn't like CJ Stroud. Stroud scored too low on the S2 test. They wanted Levis. They liked Will Anderson. We got the, uh, I, I guess we did get a little bit of a hint because when Will Anderson was doing his media availability before the start of the draft, he was saying he felt pretty confident that the Houston Texans were going to take him, which I guess meant that there was the framework for all of these trades agreed to beforehand. We did see this. We saw this last year as well. Uh, you know, basically the uh, the A.J. Brown trade was clearly agreed to beforehand as well as the Hollywood Brown Arizona trade uh, agreed to beforehand so will anderson goes at three probably my favorite pick of draft indianapolis colts don't do anything they sit there and they they stick to their guns they don't take will levis and they take anthony richardson i i was worried you you never really know with these nfl teams you never really know with these guys who are are making the decisions up there what they prefer and Certainly, Levis does have a lot of tools, but evidenced by the fact that he was not selected at all in the first round of the 2023 draft, I think shows pretty strong evidence that Anthony Richardson is just widely viewed as a better player. I also wonder um, if Seattle was a little bit bummed there looking at what Seattle did. Seattle and Detroit, actually. I wonder if, if both of those teams kind of had interest in Anthony Richardson, obviously no interest in Will Levis since they passed on him twice. Don't have any real opinions of the uh, the Devin Witherspoon pick. Um, you know, I, I'm not researching super hard into uh, cornerback play. I, he was, by consensus, the number one 
uh, cor- rated cornerback in the entire draft. So I, I don't I don't think that I have any problem with it. And, you know, I mean, certainly Seattle has needs at a lot of positions. So I think it was fine. I, I in my mock draft outings, I greatly preferred the drafts where they left it with Anthony Richardson. Richardson, you know, reserves the right to sit behind Geno Smith for a year. I, I would assume they're going to give him every chance. And, of course, welcome everyone to uh, uh, welcome everyone on radio here uh, to the morning after on SportsGrid. Davis Maddock with you guys for the next two hours and i thought the uh, i thought the paris johnson selection by the arizona cardinals i thought that was pretty strong uh they're gonna have they, they've had offensive line troubles pretty much the entire time kyler murray has been there and there was definitely rumors that the bears really wanted him and i think that the raiders could have been interested as well the eagles could have been interested in that selection as well the raiders taking tyree wilson you know it is what it is again if i'm running that front office i'm probably not that comfortable with Jimmy Garoppolo as as my only option at quarterback. I'd be wanting to rebuild a little bit. Although I think you could say the smartest thing the Raiders could do is just simply understanding that they play in the division with Patrick Mahomes. So maybe now is not the time to push your chips in. The uh, the Atlanta Falcons they just can't help themselves. I I was telling anyone who would listen before this NFL draft began that if Arthur Smith has 51-49 decision-making power over the front office and the ownership group for the Atlanta Falcons, that there was no chance that they were going to pass on Bijan Robinson. Arthur Smith is a man who, uh, I, he loves to run the football more than anything else. I, I always go back to that 15-play drive after Marcus Mariota threw an interception where it was, it was the most consecutive run plays in a drive in the NFL uh, last season, which is just absolutely hilarious. And of course, we had the small trade between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Chicago Bears. And we haven't even gotten into Lamar Jackson finally signing his five year deal worth $260 million, the highest paid player in the NFL. Now, guys, we had an absolutely jam packed show. Of course, we're going to keep going heavy into the NFL draft. Kevin Walsh is going to join me here shortly. We got Coach Young coming on to talk about the NBA. We're going to get you all caught up. Everything going on in the NBA playoffs, we're going to keep going through the NFL draft. Feeling like a kid uh, after Christmas morning, I suppose. The the first round of the NFL draft is really one of the greatest events in sports. So don't go anywhere. It's smarter to be on Sports Grid. Stay and chat with me here for the next two hours. See you back soon. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. everyone and welcome back into the morning after here on sports grid tv i'm davis maddock joined by kevin walsh we're going to take a look at the top 10 of the nfl draft last night bryce young goes off at like minus a bazillion i guess i guess number one overall picks we don't have we don't have too much of a surprise about oh well i guess i can't even say that because of the bancaro nightmare from last year in the nba Mm -hmm. draft where all the insiders got that one wrong i honestly that the sports books did get absolutely wrecked on the Bancaro nonsense. Like everyone and their moms, you know, cleaned up yeah. on that wager. But that's going to keep people betting on these picks 
forever, Kevin. Like no number one pick oh, is ever yeah. going to be safe again. It's it's impossible to ever think that it's locked in. I mean, look, even I know Bryce kind of settled in a week or so out, but Bryce Young was this minus 200 favorite when the Bears had the pick. Carolina trades up and they go, oh, okay, it's C.J. Stroud minus 300. And it was kind of like, yeah, okay. And then it was just Bryce. Apparently the whole way, that was all super weird. I mean, even the number two pick odds and the movement that happened where it's Will Anderson, it's Will Anderson, and then C.J. Stroud's minus 6,000 in a couple of hours' time there. So that's one of those things you can never unplug if you're trying to bet the NFL draft. It's not one of those things where it's like, look, we know everything we're going to know. No, you don't. No, you don't. This, uh, this is going to keep coming and coming and coming as you get closer. It is. And remember the uh, remember the Reddit poster that got lines pulled Blessing. off of sportsbooks when he said, uh, well, Will Levis is going number one overall. I mean, I guess the mm -hmm. I guess sort of the NFL draft betting lesson to be learned is when something like that happens. Right. So whether it be a Reddit rumor, whether it be, you know, yeah. Schefter or Jay Glazer or one of these guys tweeting something when the market overreacts like that and it goes off what the consensus has been, you know, CJ Stroud was the consensus to, for what, two months basically. And then in the last 10 days, it started to shift in other directions. We had Lance Zerline tweeting, you know, it's 0% to be Stroud at two and things like that. I guess, Kevin, the lesson is when the consensus is one way for a month and then for 48 hours, it gets all shaken up. Bet the guy who just fell 20% in the markets. Yeah, that's the that was what I thought would be the opportunity. And I was never able to, because I know at least on the FanDuel Sportsbook, they did not buy as much as others into the Will Levis news. But I was like, oh, are they going to drop Bryce back to a digestible number? Because I, most people, if not all, are not betting your minus Forget 20,000. They're not betting your minus 6,000. Your minus 2,000 price is there. But if all of a sudden that Levis number opens up Bryce at minus 250, which are the kind of numbers that people aren't betting during their day-to-day, -day, right? They're not betting props and things like that. But in the NFL draft, betting on juice like that, it's more acceptable. It's more common uh, like that. Look, the other lesson, and I know this is a bit boring for what we do, Davis, but it might be, hey, I have no read on this. I'll just bet on the third overall pick then and let the Texans figure out what the heck they're going to do on their own. Yeah, I mean, I, I bet less on this NFL draft than normal because one, I just didn't, the, a lot of the bets I ended up actually making were pretty dumb. It was all based on a team, right? Whether it be the Raiders, whether it be the Titans, whether it be the Seahawks trading up to select Will Levis, because yeah. those were the good numbers, right? Levis at mm -hmm. like pick four, Levis exactly to these teams. Those were all like 18 to one, 20 to one or deeper. And I just like laying heavy juice on any of the guys this year. I mean, maybe that's just the deal is just don't lay heavy juice well, in the NFL draft. Like, maybe that's the lesson. Yeah, perhaps. I think the, th the thing is, it was tough to take advantage, I thought, of some of the information. I'm sure I, I know you obviously follow it, you know, super close. It became pretty obvious that the Cardinals wanted Paris Johnson, but they knew it was a yeah. horrendous pick at three. Well, how do we take advantage of that? He's not going third. They're not drafting third. But how many places were really offering Arizona to select Paris Johnson? You weren't getting any value on Johnson to be a top 10 pick. Those odds were juiced out of your mind. So it's kind of one of those weird things where you're like, I know this is going to happen. 
How do I actually capitalize there? And there's ways you can try and maneuver things ultimately, Davis, but you're, of course, going to always be at the mercy of the options that are on your board. And, and, you know, places like the FanDuel Sportsbook try and protect themselves from stuff like that. That's why I don't think they had odds for Eagles' position of first pick. It became obvious they wanted a defensive lineman, but they didn't pick at 10th. They picked at 9th. Yeah, okay, we got to talk about this trade that the Texans made. Because I think, you know, the football intelligentsia are all sort of making fun of the Lions this morning, as they should be. The Lions, yes. young, fun team, up and coming. I think they could have been, I think they could have won this division, honestly, as soon as this year, had they had a good draft. Mm-hmm. I don't think they are going to do that now. But then we should not let the Texans off the hook here. The Texans' on field product yeah. is still going to be quite bad next season i mean maybe cj stroud comes in and he's patrick mahomes and he's way better than i think and they win seven games or whatever but there is a non-zero chance kevin that they're just as bad as they were this recent Mm -hmm. season and they theoretically they could have just traded away the caleb williams pick right because they traded away their own 2024 first i i'm not saying this is the most likely scenario but there are worlds where the texans are the worst team in the nfl this upcoming season and they just traded away the caleb williams pick in order to secure will anderson yeah so i got into this big debate with donnie on between tv and radio we just kept going back and forth because i thought that them selecting will anderson at two was a totally fine decision with an eye towards next year's quarterbacks. If Caleb Williams was in this year's draft, not forget having another year of production. If Drake May, the UNC quarterback, was in this year's draft, I think both guys are possibly going in front of C.J. Stroud. Yes, you need quarterback, but you need the right quarterback. It's why Will Levis didn't go in round number one, ultimately, because he's not the right quarterback for these teams there. Forcing a quarterback is just as bad as not having a QB. And then you look at what they needed to give up to get to get Will Anderson. Now, in order for this to all work out and feel like the right move, not only does CJ have to hit, but Will Anderson can't just be a solid player, Davis. He has to basically be a pro bowler out of the gate and turn into one of the five best edge rushers in football with the, probably by his rookie contract for this to all make sense for what they did. Yeah, I mean, he basically has to come out and be Khalil Mack or, or TJ Watt. Or, or I, I mean, even honestly, tough. like like even, even, if, even if he is the Chargers guy, uh, Bosa, you know, who's really good, yeah. but not the best, I still think it's a tough sell. And and the other thing that seems bizarre about it, I mean, I, I actually 100% agree with your point. I think it would have just been better to take him at two, take Will Anderson, and be like, if, if Stroud is not the guy that you view, if everyone, if the owner, the coach, the GM, the scouts, if they're not yeah. all universally aligned on a quarterback, I actually don't have any issue with taking Will Anderson there. Like, I think that I think that's fine. Yeah. Don't take a quarterback unless you think he's the guy. What are they rushing? Domingo Ryans isn't 40 and is on a six-year deal. There's, I don't understand. The, everyone's, oh, they need a quarterback. Yes, but again, like not, you don't need a quarterback. You need the quarterback. That, that, there's such a big difference there. Like, I'm a big believer in Bryce Young. That's why I like the Carolina pick a lot. I'm super intrigued by Anthony Richardson. I like the Colts pick. CJ, to me, I'm 
look, I like him a lot more than Will Levis, but I don't know if I love him. And I just, I think the Texans had time. Give me another 13 games of Davis Mills. Be horrendous. And next year, go get Caleb Williams or Drake May or another quarterback that crops up. You, they had time on their side. They now took that away. Yep, I'm totally with you. I mean, I wanted to live in the fictional universe where they took C.J. Stroud at two and then Jackson Smith and Jigba at 12. I mean, I thought I thought whatever team, <laughs> if they reunited them, I was on board for that. Obviously, we have plenty yeah. more to talk about. We didn't even get through every pick in the top 10. So Kevin is going to stay with me, and we are going to keep going through the NFL draft, Lamar Jackson's contract, and more. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with you here in a sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com everyone and welcome back to the morning after here on sports grid tv i'm davis maddock joined by kevin walsh as we continue going through the results from last night's nfl draft got through the first 31 picks i mean so much to talk about we haven't even really gotten to anthony richardson being selected by the colts despite kevin all the mock drafters all the insiders they all <laughs> i i guess i guess the colts did a really good job of smoke screening because i thought and everyone else thought they were the destination yeah. For Will Levis last night, the closing odds of FanDuel Sportsbook minus fifteen hundred. I mean, it it certainly went that way. And my guess would be Shane Steichen, who was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles the last two years and is now the head coach of the Colts. Mm-hmm. My guess is is that he was like, "Look, dude, I know what to do with Anthony Richardson. I can make Anthony Richardson a stud quarterback. Let's take him." And I I think it's a good pick. I think yeah. this was the right move for them. I agree. Look, I think Richardson, I mean, in terms of upside, how are you not enamored? I know some people still live in like the Stone Age and they've not accepted. But do do people realize that Hertz and Lamar just got paid over $500 million between the two of them? Like the ability to be mobile is that important there. And I think Richardson's a better thrower than people give him credit for. I think my favorite thing about the first four picks is if I would have told you 12 hours before the draft that that would have happened, you wouldn't have believed me. But if I would have told you a month ago, Davis, that it went Bryce, CJ, Anderson, Richardson, you'd be like, oh, so chalk, huh? It's incredible right. how much it shifted, you know, in that kind of month window there. And, you know, you talk about draft lessons, and you never want to overreact, but this year almost the lesson was the, the first smoke is the right answer kind of here, where the Colts were initially enamored with Richardson, and that's the guy they took. Yeah, no, I'm I'm 100% with you. I mean, I think everyone sort of universally agreed. Look, Anthony Richardson is not a super prototypical prospect. He only started 13 games when he was at Florida, was not good in every game he played, was incredible in some of the games he played, but just like a pretty wide <laughs> range of outcomes there. I, I guess the, the one thing teams have probably learned, though, is that there's not a ton of value in locking up you know the Kirk Cousins type of guys in in this day and age in the NFL and Mm -hmm. Anthony Richardson has way better I mean to me he's got even better ranges of outcomes I think than Stroud but we are sitting here yeah it's the second round is going to start later today Will Levis did not get selected at all and neither did Hendon Hooker by the way which was 
I mean, some of the worst team, there are some NFL reports you just simply cannot believe. And the Hendon Hooker in the first round reports were some of the most unserious reports of all time. You know, a 26-year-old coming off of an ACL tear. Like, no chance was this guy ever going in the first round. But Levis, I mean, I got to say, did I ever personally believe he was a good first-round pick? Absolutely not. Did I bet on him to go high? Yeah, I did a little bit because I'm an idiot, and I, I, you, you know, Roar's buying these these reports. But not selected at all is kind of crazy. It, it is. Look, I think to defend the Hendon Hooker reports, it was all predicated on four quarterbacks being gone inside the top ten. And somebody thinking, oh, I need to come up to get Hooker. Otherwise, you know, I'm not going to see any more quarterbacks there. Well, once Will Levis fell, there was no panic or rush, obviously, to bring Hendon Hooker into the fold. Levis is one of those guys that's very difficult because I think it seems that you and I see Levis the same way. I don't think Will Levis belongs in the first round, but I'm not betting based on what I would do, right? Mock draft season comes with either people who are doing what they would do or what they think is going to happen. Respectfully, I don't care what anybody would do if I'm trying to bet on the draft. It's irrelevant. It means nothing. It's all information. So if I were in the room, this Will Levis stuff makes a ton of sense. But the league has been telling us that they love this guy over and over and over. I think he's horrible. Is that because I bet an over in a game between Kentucky and Vanderbilt and Vanderbilt did their part and he didn't? Maybe. But also, how do you not do your part against Vanderbilt? I'm sorry. I saw too much Will Levis this season, Davis, to to think that guy was deserving of a top 10 pick or even a first round pick here. It's odd. The NFL got it right, but the odds told us that he was going to be off of the board at fourth. It is. I mean, I, in my memory, I don't ever recall a guy being like implied probability over 90% to be a top five pick and falling out of the first round entirely. You know, like that's wild. So the only, I guess the thing that comes to mind though, a little bit is what happened with Malik Willis, which for me is one of the craziest things I've ever seen where now it, it happened over a longer period of time, but Malik Willis had a pro day. He ran around, threw the ball far, and people were like, I think he's going two overall. And then he went in round three. And I was like, well, I don't understand. How did that How did that happen? How did nobody get antsy and reach for him? How does the whole league apparently not interested in Malik Willis? And then again, it's this weird thing where Malik Willis plays, and it's like, oh, the NFL was right. He's not good. Like, Malik Willis is maybe the worst quarterback I've ever seen, Davis, with what he gave up this year with the Tennessee Titans. So, it's again, it's super interesting. Again, again, you talk about draft lessons. Is that another one? If you think a player's bad, then don't bet on them to be selected in the top 10? No, I, I actually, like, that, it feels sort of, like, pithy to say that, but I actually think it probably is a good lesson because, again, remember, these are, like, low liquidity markets anyways, so it's not like you can get fifty thousand dollars down on draft props like i i bet if you were like okay i'm gonna go walk in to the FanDuel sportsbook on the wednesday before the draft with fifty thousand dollars in cash i'm gonna try and get this all down i don't know if they would let you like i literally don't know if you could get that much down 
So, you know, I think betting long shots, like what, what I, you would have had to have maybe get like a, a request, a special or something, but you probably could have found a wager for Will Levis not to be selected in the top 31 picks yesterday. And that could have just been your only bet. And that every pick yeah. you would have had a sweat. And as the night was going, it would have been better and better. You know, teams started making trades late in the twenties and you'd have been sweating out every trade. Like, Oh my God, is this going to be the Lamar thing where some team trades up to get the fifth year? Like that would have mm-hmm. been a good way to watch the draft it, it would have been but it's also and look uh, let's be honest here it's frustrating you know Fanduel sportsbook and i appreciate all the things that they open up but they have odds to be a top five pick odds to be a top 10 pick hang the no give me the other side of it because it justin odds for you know will levis to not be a top five pick you would have got about six to one i'm trying to think about where those odds were for him to be a top five pick i mean you would have got 20 to 1? Honestly, I mean, you would have got insane numbers based on what they were hanging the yes to be, right? Hang the no. Give us the other side of it. I, I, yeah, I mean, I bet like fair market odds based on the top five probability. Yeah, it would be like 30 to 1. So you put a little bit of vig in there, like 20 to 1, 25 to 1 to not be selected in the top 31 picks at all. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, Okay, what did you make of the, eagles bears swap where the bears were like look we don't care we 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 want offensive linemen like we we do not need we do not need any defensive players we just need to keep justin fields off of his keister for an entire season i i heard mixed reactions to this like some nerds were like you know who cares like uh you know like (laughs) the the fourth round pick if you think the bears are going to take an offensive lineman i guess the issue is another team could have leapfrogged, you know, Detroit could have leaped, someone else could have leapfrogged in there to get the guy that Philadelphia wanted. At the end of the day, especially if you look at Jalen Carter as the replacement for Hargrave, who brought the Eagles back a fourth round comp pick here, it really is inconsequential. And do the thing is, the Eagles would have not been, ah, you know what, we missed out on Jalen Carter, we'll take Skaronsky at 10. You're all of a sudden on way different end of the spectrums there in terms of not just the caliber of player, but you're not even positionally doing the same thing. So for the Eagles, that move makes all the sense in the world. And look, I know people see the shirt, so maybe they're prepared to eye roll. So then, Davis, I'll let you do it because there's not a single person out there that's saying anything other than the Eagles smashed the draft twice. They got one of the five best players in the draft at nine. And then what I saw... In the 24-hour lead-up to the draft, the player most mocked to the Eagles at 10 was Nolan Smith. They got him at 30th yep. overall. Yeah. No, they did. It's It was a real, uh, you know, he, he can't keep getting away with this moment with Howie <laughs> Roseman and the Eagles. It, it really yes. is. He, they're, they're so good at what they do. They get Jalen Hurts signed to the extension. They, what, they lose yeah. eight defensive starters. They immediately replace two of them in the first round on good I mean, Nolan Smith at 30 feels uh, – I, I bet that's probably who Veach would have taken, actually, if uh, if, yeah, if the Eagles sure. didn't take them. Although I do – I mean, I thought uh, – also, okay, this wide receiver run, picks 20, so we had JSN to the Seahawks, mm-hmm. Quentin Johnson to the Chargers, Flowers to the Ravens, Addison to the Vikings. What's your favorite fit there? I, I, thought, the, I thought the JSN to Seattle was weird. I, I, yeah, I agree because his best-case scenario is, is being – Option number three, right? Quinton's in a similar spot. I know that offensive rookie of the year market is going to be crowded anyway with quarterbacks and Bijan, 
but is Zay Flowers the only one that'll have any consideration in that market? I don't know if the other three guys are going to even really factor in based on what's around them. Yeah, it's actually sort of interesting. I mean, the Ravens really on the fly have kind of remodeled everything about their offense like Lamar's yeah. back you sign Odell Bateman's going to be back you draft flowers we did have a lot of a lot of unconfirmed reports but there was like a lot of a lot of rumors that they were still in the market for DeAndre Hopkins yesterday which I guess mm -hmm. could still materialize I mean I don't think taking flowers uh you know excludes you from that maybe they're just ready to move on from Bateman and I I have continued to think this whole time that the price for Hopkins is lower than we're sort of imagining because he makes so much money. Uh, Kevin, thank you very much for hopping on with us here. We got a lot more NFL draft chatter on the show. Coach Young is going to join me. We're going to look at the NBA playoffs, everything going on there. Smarter to be on the grid. See you back in a moment. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. everyone and welcome back in to the morning after here on sports grid tv i'm davis maddock joined now by coach young we are turning our attention away from the nfl draft into the nba playoffs which honestly pretty surprisingly good thus far generally speaking the first round is you know we're just hanging out the one seeds take care of business the two seeds take care of business something i mean the play-in has largely been effective i think for the nba the play-in games have been pretty good pretty high drama but i mean we have uh, i think an all-time great series obviously by jimmy butler and the miami heat that get closed out two nights ago and how about the hawks you know forcing janet jackson to have to relocate her concert by forcing a game six i mean the celtics coach young they are they are not a clean team they do not handle their business the way a team that is that good in the regular season you would think would yeah, I mean, th this series went a little bit longer than people expected, but let's be honest, Davis, when you have a player like Trey Young, a player that can take over a game and take over a series, this can happen. So obviously last night, 128-120, obviously the, the Celtics covered the number, I do believe they were six and a half or seven and a half uh, point uh, favorite, depending on when you got your bet in. And it was just a, a resurgent game for Jason Tatum was really bad in game number five in Boston. 30 points, 14 rebounds, seven assists. Obviously, uh, the play like Jalen Brown as well, who's improved in the series, 32 and five last night. So when you look at Boston, you do get concerned because you have these games where they become too reliant on the three and they don't get to the rack as much. They were taking more mid-range shots, getting to the basket a little bit, even though they did shoot 42 threes. Listen, Davis. You shoot 43% from the three-point line, as both teams did, equals a lot of points. I'm not shocked by the score or the amount of points. I thought there were going to be fireworks last night in hot Atlanta. I, yeah, I mean, look, I'm a big Trey Young guy, probably a bigger Trey Young guy than most people. He was so bad in the playoffs last year, like pretty much gave up in the playoffs last year. So I think a lot of people were viewing this as a walkover. I mean, one thing that has consistently killed the Celtics in this new era, in the, I, I suppose, the MA Udoka Missoula era, is they are, 
I mean, they are so cavalier with the ball. They are like, you're some of these high leverage spots. They turn the ball over. They'll go like five possessions in a row without getting off a good shot. And, and, you know, Brogdon and white are sort of supposed to fix that problem, but he doesn't always close with them. Right. Oftentimes he's closing with Marcus smart. And look, I love Marcus smart. Very like I think Marcus Smart is like a good man. I think he's a great defensive player. Like I I really like him. But I I think at this stage, I mean Brogdon when these when these series gets real against the 76ers, like Brogdon has got to be closing over Marcus Smart in these tight games, don't you think? Well, it's going to depend on if we're going the offense or defensive situations. But yes, if they're looking for offense, it's going to be Brogdon. Even though it's been a good reg, uh, playoff run for Marcus Smart mainly because of the fact that he was, he was defending him. And let's see what happens when we get to the next series with Philadelphia, and he's going to have to guard uh, someone like James Harden. I think it'll be a little bit different. One guy to look out for in this next series is Robert Williams. He typically gives uh, JoJo fits. He did not he played well in spots in the series with Atlanta. Only guy, I do believe, I think about 16, 17 minutes last night with six rebounds. Start looking at Robert Williams for the next series. If they start Davis hanging his rebound prop low, I think he's going to get increased playing time because I think Horford is going to struggle also with foul trouble. More playing time for Robert Williams. Make sure you take a look at his props going into the next series. I totally agree with you. I think that uh, Horford is going to be a less logical fit there because the 76ers don't do nearly as much of their attacking with their forwards, right? I mean, Tobias Harris and P.J. Tucker, it's it's mostly off the ball. They're mostly setting screens. They're mostly in the corner. Like, Tobias Harris is not initiating action all that much. So having Horford and Robert Williams out there has reduced value. I, I wonder if they try and go small, honestly, against uh, – I, I think they I think they probably should. You know, like I some three-guard lineups I think would be fine. Tatum at power forward because Tatum can handle Tobias Harris no problem and let Robert Williams sort of more be a roamer. I'm with you there. I mean, honestly, at these prices in the, the Eastern Conference betting odds, getting plus 350 on the 76ers, I, I think that is um, – I think that is an unfair price. I, I don't think the Celtics have shown me enough to deserve to be that favored that much more over the Knicks, Heat, and the 76ers. Like, the 76ers are a real NBA team. This is like, I, I you know, James Harden has played well enough. Tyrese Maxey has been phenomenal. I think the De'Anthony Melton trade worked out about as good as they could have. Obviously, I think they wish they got more shooting from P.J. Tucker because P.J. Tucker just won't shoot. But... I don't know. Like Joel Embiid is better than Jason Tatum. That that's a big part of it too. Yeah, and I think the thing we have to be concerned about on on the flip side is, is the health of Joel Embiid. Uh, obviously, the knee injury could be something. Let's see, he got a little bit of rest, but Doc did say 50-50 a week out. Well, a week is coming up tomorrow, so let's see how he looks. Also, a little concerned about James Harden. His shooting percentage around the basket, which is usually very, very good, was, I do believe, under 30% in the lane, which is very odd for James Harden. I wonder if he's got the lift or he actually is, he is banged up a little bit. One thing to look at, folks, if you do like Boston, I actually do like Boston. I don't think it goes seven. They typically own Philadelphia. There's always the Doc Rivers drama of never getting out of the second round. This is big for Philadelphia. I don't think they get there. I can look at uh, 
either way, if I like Philadelphia, I like Boston, series price minus one and a half uh, for Boston is, my, is at minus 120. That is a way that's updated odds right now on FanDuel as of this minute. So that's something to look at if you think Philadelphia can get this to seven games. That's at a plus, uh, I'm sorry, plus one and a half games is at a minus 102. I like Boston. I like Boston in six games in this series. All right, there we go. I mean, I don't I don't disagree with you. I mean, if if any sort of setback happens with Embiid, or even if Embiid plays but is not 100%, if he's 80%, 85%, I think the Celtics have way more than enough to get through. So I'm, I'm, I'm completely with you there. Let's turn our attention over to the Western Conference. We have two really big games tonight. Game six between the Kings and the Warriors. Game six between the Grizzlies and the Lakers. Starting with Sacramento, and Golden State. I mean, how impressive have the Kings been in this series? Every time they get punched in the face, injuries, whatever, they always they they really have battled back. Um, I mean, this has been. I think a lot of people sort of wrote the Kings off. I think they were like, oh yeah, the Golden State Warriors, defending champion Steph Curry, Kings defense stinks. They'll just they'll just walk right through, and and it really has not been that way at all. The Kings have completely held with the defending champs every game, pretty much. They have, and if you pull up the, uh, the line, guys, which is at seven and a half for those listening to us uh, on radio or Sirius XM, I think it's too many points, Davis. I think seven and a half is, is, is way too disrespectful to a Kings team that, let's be honest, has been good against the spread. Ready, folks? On the road this season. They are 35-17-1 against the spread the last 53 road games, and they're 12-3 and against the spread the last 15 meetings in Golden State. They were down 10 in game five early in the fourth quarter, and they stormed back, and they had the ball down three with a minute and a half to go with a chance to tie the game. So I think this game is going to be close. I think they don't go away. And watch for the pace, folks. This is a team that in Sacramento that will run the ball up the floor, particularly when the backcourt is De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk. Malik Monk literally puts his head down and drives to the basket. You got to remember, folks, that one thing that they don't have in Golden State is they do not have a legitimate shot blocker. Their best shot blocker is probably James Wiseman. He's obviously in Detroit. Kevon Looney does not protect the rim. Neither does Draymond. I look for a lot of points up and down. Look for Sacramento to push the pace and try to get to the basket. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely with you there. I mean, and and uh, you know, another thing that that's very clear with that pace pushing is, Kings are a young team, man. Kings are are youthful. They are exuberant, and the Warriors, it's it's very, uh, you know, it's very like last dancey, right? I mean, Curry's in his mid 30s, Clay's in his mid 30s, Draymond's in his 30s. We got you know Wiggins coming back from this long personal absence. They're sort of trying to rely on Jordan Poole. He's not that reliable, you know, just always turning like just just always turning the ball over, not doing everything he can on defense. It is uh it is a little bit brutal to watch sometimes. And then another vastly entertaining series, the Grizzlies and the Lakers. Um, how worried are you about LeBron's performance in this series? You know, not being clearly a hundred percent LeBron. Clearly, I think his foot is bothering him a little bit. Anytime they've used Jaron Jackson Jr. as the primary defender on LeBron, he has had to work, man. Jaron Jackson Jr. is making him 
work. Where are you at on Lakers Grizzlies? I like the Lakers tonight. I think they close it out, but you're right. The length of Jaron Jackson Jr. is problematic for LeBron in regards to scoring. So where am I going to look, folks? I'm going to go to LeBron's assist number. It's hanging right now at FanDuel and uh, over under five and a half. Uh, that minus 130. I'm going over in the assist prop for LeBron tonight. I think it's one of these situations where I could see him really getting into it and really trying to get guys involved. Uh, Lakers play particularly well at home, so I do like it. Grizzlies do struggle on the road uh, going 1-5 and five against spread their last six road games, and they are 1-4 against spread the last four meetings in the crypto. I do like the Lakers. I do like him minus the points. I do like LeBron uh, over his uh, assist prop. And take a look. He was sneaky good coming out of the blocks because people start to forget about him. Look at Jared Vanderbilt. Over under only five and a half points, Davis. This kid can get some points in, in, in different ways. Uh, rebounding the ball, uh, running the fast break, gone over in three of the last four games this year. Look at Jared Vanderbilt. Really low-hanging fruit at five and a half points. All right, I'm with you on that one. And, uh, I mean, we have a much clearer picture of the playoffs now. We've seen the Suns close out a series. We've seen the Bucks get eliminated. How are you feeling about finals odds? I mean, who are you Who are you thinking the, the most likely team to be the champion is? I mean, the Celtics are having a huge price hung on them now because their biggest competition, the Milwaukee Bucks, got eliminated by the Heat. Uh, I mean, the Kings, if you are, uh, if you if you wanted to make a wager that could get you a lot right now, if the Kings find their way out of this series, they are 120 to 1 to win the NBA championship. Honestly, might have to throw a couple bucks on that just to say I have something to root for. Well, I have something that I think I'm going to root for, and maybe I am out of my mind. I'm going to look at, ready for this, the Knicks to make the NBA finals. Listen, they, if you look at the track record, they have beaten Miami during the regular season. They're playing extremely well. Philadelphia and Boston on the other side. Philadelphia's got injuries. Boston has not played well. I think the Knicks take out Miami. I'm going to take a minus one and a half games. They get it in six or less. Possibly calls out in Miami. The Knicks as a value play to make the NBA Finals. Maybe um, it's the orange and blue skies. I don't know, Davis, but damn it, I'm all in. Yep. I uh I look I can't tell you I can't tell you no. Thank you to Coach Young for your time. We're gonna go ahead and run into break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, everyone, we are closing out hour one here on the morning after. Still plenty of information left to come to you guys in hour two. And as always, we're going to end this with a little bit of Guess the Line. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with two guess the lines here, and I feel I feel pretty good about one of them. Uh, so we're, first, we're gonna go with Will Levis. Uh, obviously, right now, pick 32 is on the clock in the NFL draft. Tom Pelissero just did the classic morning after the first round of the NFL draft. But yeah, teams are trying to get up to 32 to pick 
Will Levis. So I'm gonna I'm gonna set the line at 32 and a half for Will Levis, but I'm taking the over. I, I think the the whole point of the first round quarterback is to trade back up, get in, get that fifth year of control. I'm going, I'm going the way over. I, I think I think we're gonna see Levis. He'll still probably be a second round pick, maybe a third round pick. Someone's gonna want him, but I think he is gonna slide a little bit more because any of these teams could have traded up with Kansas City or Philadelphia in order to select him, and they didn't. And I think there is a reason they didn't do that. And then, of course, Hendon Hooker, rumored to be a first-round pick from the University of Tennessee. He is 25 years old, going to be 26. Uh, He's going to be 26 before he ever plays it down in the NFL because he's got a torn ACL. I'm going to set the Hendon Hooker line at 86 and a half. So that's third round, later third round. And you know what? Taking the over, taking the over. I just, there's no reason. If you already lose the fifth year of control for Hendon Hooker, why take him in the second? Why take him in the third? He becomes, you know, in in the long line of quarterbacks, Davis Webb and Mike Glennon, who have been rumored to go so high and then never do. We have a new name to add to that list in Hendon Hooker. So don't believe everything you read out there, folks. We are going to go ahead and run into break here real quick on the program. Got plenty of stuff left to you. I'm going to be joined a little bit later by Craig Mish. We got Benny in the bets. We got more baseball. We got everything you could ever need. Don't go anywhere. Stay with me for the next hour. Smarter to be on the grid. 